Grace and peace to you in Christ Jesus, our crucified and risen Savior. Mission statements are a relatively recent thing in our culture. I think they were developed sometime in the 1980s. But if someone wanted to read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they could possibly construe some of these statements that Jesus made as his mission statement. For example, Luke chapter 19, verse 10. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Or Mark 10, verse 45. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. Call them what you will. There's another one for our consideration this evening. It came from our second reading in John chapter 18, where Jesus very specifically says, this is my purpose. This is the reason I came to earth. Listen to Jesus as he stood on trial before Pontius Pilate. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. And it's not only here on the day before he died on the cross. If you read the whole Gospel of John with your radar fixed on truth, you will find that either Jesus said it himself or it referred to Jesus 26 times throughout John's Gospel. So why this emphasis? Why would Jesus state his purpose as bringing truth to the world? Well, reason number one is because truth has to come from outside of us, not from inside of us. Our brains were not exempt from the devastation of the fall into sin. In other words, we can't find truth, we can't determine truth, and we certainly can't add adjectives to truth. Well, this is my truth, and that's your truth. Truth must come from outside of us. And that's what Jesus is asserting before Pilate. I am the source of truth. There's a second reason that Jesus would have made this his purpose statement. Because elsewhere in John's Gospel, this is how Jesus describes this world. It is ruled by the devil. And the devil rules it by his lies. Just take that in for a second. What did Jesus just acknowledge? that the devil is the ruler of this world and that he uses lies to maintain that position. It all started in the Garden of Eden, didn't it? God, did God really say, you 
won't die. And then that one lie just snowballed throughout history. In Jesus' own ministry, it was the Pharisees. And they promoted their lie of salvation by what we do. And you remember what Jesus said when he confronted them? Your father is the father of lies and you do whatever he desires you to do. The evidence continues. In Paul's day, he looked out at the culture and he saw a predominance of sinful lifestyles and unbelief. And then in Romans 1, he explained how it happened. They have exchanged the truth for a lie. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, listen to this because ruler of the world gets turned up a notch. The God of this age, that's a small g, but he's talking about Satan. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they can't see the light of the gospel. The father of lies in the Garden of Eden, through false teachers, through a corrupt culture, through unbelief. Are there any other examples of how the father of lies is the ruler of this world? You're looking at one. And I'm looking at a whole room full of examples. Make no mistake about this. The ruler of the world slithers into congregations. He penetrates our homes and he dangles his fruit by whispering in our ears. Oh, that juicy bit of gossip. Oh, revenge tastes so sweet. Oh, having more money would be so satisfying. And the father of lies is at work, and he's really good at what he does. We all know it. We all know it from experience. He's in our heads. He's in our homes. He's in our habits. And Revelation 12 is right. He's the deceiver of the whole world. So isn't it good news to hear what Jesus said before Pilate? For this reason, I have come into the world. Yes, the one ruled by the devil. I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. It's the truth that he taught it's the truth that the Holy Spirit confirmed in the apostles, and it's the truth that has been preserved for us in the creed. Listen to the truth that we confess every time in the divine service. I believe in God the Father Almighty. Ponder that, Satan. You might be the ruler of this world, but you're no match for the creator of the universe. 
When God meets up with Satan, it's not a toss-up. The odds are not even. He told Satan right away in the Garden of Eden, Satan, someday your head is going to be crushed. And how that happened is spelled out for us in the second article of the Apostles' Creed. Because seeing a world that was ruled by Satan, Jesus' mission statement was not to, to stay in heaven and shout down a strategy to us. Come on, church, you can do it. Seeing a world devastated by the lies of Satan, the Almighty God, in a mysterious fashion, in an incomprehensible mystery, entered our world as an infant. Ponder that miracle. The one true God conceived and born of a virgin. And he came into this world ruled by the devil. And 1 John chapter 3, verse 8 says it all. The reason he appeared? To destroy the works of the devil. And so it began. He encountered Satan himself in the wilderness. He ran into who knows how many of Satan's demons as they possessed people. And in every instance, truth personified, put them down and cast them out because Satan can't handle the truth. And so the father of lies, seeing what was happening there, decided, okay, I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to put it all on the line. And the father of lies got some false witnesses to lie when Jesus was on trial. And so he suffered under Pontius Pilate. And then the ruler of the world got into that crowd and they yelled for Jesus to be crucified. And the ruler of the world got into Pilate and he caved into the crowd. And Jesus is crucified, died, and is buried. And the whole, and the whole horde of hell says, yes, the ruler of the world wins. But that was a lie as attested to in the next lines of the second article. He rose, he ascended, he sits powerfully at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again. That's Jesus bearing witness that he is the truth. And death can't stop the truth, and the grave can't hold the truth, and it may be of special interest for this sermon is that phrase in the creed, he descended into hell. What's the first thing Jesus did after he became alive again? He paid a visit to Satan in hell on a one-man truth parade. And he said, ruler of the world, meet the Lord of life. It's over. And soon and very soon, 
that will be eternally and fully true. There's a great promise to the church given in Romans chapter 16, verse 20. It goes like this. The God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. He's saying that to us in the Holy Christian Church. And if I might improvise a little bit, I picture that as we're all in heaven, God is sending, Jesus, God is sending Satan to hell under our feet. So this is what I picture. Quiet, reserved Pastor Rimfer with all the saints gets to do something like this. Satan, it's over. You want to practice that with me? <laughs> Let's do a rehearsal. This is what we get to do someday. Your line is, Satan, it's over. And <laughs> on the count of three, one, two, three. Satan, it's over. Until then, until then, we're in the now, but not yet. But we can still make our bold assertions every time we say the Apostles' Creed. And when we see what apparently looks like Satan and a victory over this world, and when you hear Satan's voice in your ear accusing you of all that you've done wrong, just stand up to him and say, Satan, you are a liar. How did Luther put it? This world's prince may still scowl fierce as he will. What's the next line? He can harm us none. He's judged. The deed is done. One little word can fell him. And that word is Jesus Christ. He came into our real world. He came into our lives as a real person. And all that he accomplished gives us the boldness and the confidence to say, I believe. I believe in the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. This is most certainly true. In the name of Jesus, amen.